Good morning, Sangha. Can you hear me? So today we continue with our exploration of mindfulness of the body. That's what we are doing. That's what the four elements meditation is. It is a core practice of mindfulness of the body. Just a reminder of the story I told, I guess it was yesterday, about, um, you know, the animals that are all tied to a post, or they're actually all tied together. And they represent the, um, the um, sense doors of seeing and hearing and tasting and feeling and smelling and of the mind and how everyday life, you know, we have those um, sense doors or the forces of that fighting against each other. No, I want to go in this direction. No, I want to go in that direction. And they're all pulling for some uh, level of satisfaction for each of those. And that's what, you know, uh, Kate talked so beautifully last night about, about even if, you know, whatever sense door uh, wins and drags the other ones along, the level of satisfaction is pretty temporary. So what we do with mindfulness of the body is uh, we're able to hold those um, cravings and that desire and that aversion with just some equanimity. So when you're meditating, absolutely, you will have thoughts of, you know, doubt. What is this about? Is this really mindfulness? Is this what the Buddha taught? Or we might have desire. Um, I would rather meditate outside or aversion. Who in this room has Omnicrom? <laughs> and who am I going to get it from? And those are just the next thing for us to see with our mindfulness, with our awareness. Again, those are our beloved friends, the five hindrances, right? This is doubt. This is greed, wanting it to be like this, or aversion, not wanting it to be like that, or restlessness. We need more entertainment here, <laughs> or uh, sloth and torpor. I just need to take a nap. And, you know, we are an excellent company. Guess who saw this in his own meditation? It was so prevalent that he put it down as one of the four foundations of mindfulness. This is what the Buddha saw. You know, he saw this in his own, in his own mind. Actually, I love the story of right before the Buddha was going to get enlightened, he was sitting under a tree in Bodhgaya, India. And, you know, he was about to become fully awakened. And Mara, Mara is, um, represents delusion or ignorance, rises up and says, Buddha, who do you think you are? You think you deserve to be fully enlightened? You know, what have you done to deserve being fully enlightened? And the story is that the earth rises up, you know, the good qualities. Maybe the four elements has earth rise up and say, I'll tell you who he is. You know, he has been reborn countless lifetimes and has done the work to know complete freedom. So wisdom arose to counter out, counter out, uh, counteract um, less than conceit. Thinking we're not good enough is actually a form of conceit as well. 
But anyway, so that's why we're practicing with the four elements. It's a way to stay with the body and a way to investigate the body as an incredibly important uh, method of practicing mindfulness. In fact, the Buddha taught that regardless of which of the foundations of mindfulness we are exploring, we do that within a whole body awareness. So when we do our body scans or when we're just feeling the body, it's strengthening the uh, mental factor to be mindful of that. It's watering the seeds of that, putting some nice fertilizer on that, just making it stronger. And when doubt or aversion or greed arise, that, those are just the next thing to see with our awareness. And actually, it's so useful to have a little, what we call samadhi, or uh, the strength of the mindfulness to be able to see that clearly, rather than to believe it and take it personally. mindfulness of the body of the four elements enables experiencing what is agreeable and what is disagreeable at any of the six sense doors without getting pulled along. And this is what we need in our everyday life situations. Rather than following each of the six animals pulling at each other, it's useful to establish a firm post of mindfulness of the body to just watch as all of these uh, aversions and greeds and doubts arise. Because that's what we have in everyday life. We want somebody to be like this and not like that. And, you know, we're willing to be, I'm speaking for myself here, <laughs> even, you know, to... to um, be cruel and stating our desire for that. Am I the only one? <laughs> so it allows us to have a little bit of more equanimity. The stronger our mindfulness is, the more equanimity we have when aversion arises or greed arises or the hindrances arise. And we can make a choice, right? What is the most wholesome and beneficial response to this right now? Or do I just go with the hindrance that is arising? And some of you might say, well, what about, you know, our disgust at social injustice, you know? I mean, are we supposed to just take that with equanimity? That's a whole nother discussion. And... Uh, I think all of us or many of us are into getting into good trouble. And actually, when our actions are motivated by love and care and knowing that we are all related, they have a very different impact. So that's what we're training for. Again, self-directed neuroplasticity retraining. <laughs> So I'm going to do a little guided meditation now of uh, the fire element, the third element. But actually, I'm going to start with um, actually the first two elements too. So let's come into a whole body awareness. Thank you, body. Let's send our body a little bit of gratitude. Thank you, body. I hope to take better care of you. It's the new year. I have my resolutions. <laughs> Let's come into a whole body awareness. So we have our bones, our skeleton, and our teeth, our very solidly earth element. Just feeling that in the head. 
and in the neck. Hardness and density, the shoulders and the arms and our beloved hands. Earth element, our upper torso, our rib cage and our spine and our lower rib cage. Moving to earth element in the pelvic area. Hardness and density. To our legs. And to our feet. Holding our whole body in awareness. Earth element. Water element is movement and chi. Actually, chi energy is considered water element. Moving to our feet and blood and to both of our legs. Water element. To our pelvic area where we have bags of water in here that often give us messages. Feeling, just feeling our, whatever sensations the pelvic area is offering. Water element to our lower torso. Lots of water element in the belly. Slime and mucus is water element. To our upper torso, our heart is pumping energy throughout our bodies. Water element to our shoulders and our arms and hands. Water element to our necks and our beloved heads. Our brains are swimming in water element. Holding our whole body in awareness. Water element internally, water element externally, all the same. Now fire element, a new element. And fire element is heat and temperature, heat or coolness. So we will slowly scan the body for temperature. And just without a lot of thinking, just collect the data of that with our mindfulness. Just watch how it's working. Starting with our beloved heads. Do we feel any warmth? Also an indication of life on our faces. Any temperature at all but warmth? The sides of our head. And the back of our heads and the top. Just knowing the sensations that are offered and maybe a bit of discerning for warmth or temperature. Fire element. Moving to our necks, the front and the sides and the back. Fire element to our right shoulder. Temperature, upper right arm, and the lower right arm, and our right hand, holding our shoulders and arm and hand in awareness, fire element, and our left shoulder. and our upper arm
and our lower arm. And our left hand. Holding our arm and hand in awareness. Is there any temperature that's discernible? Warmth or coolness? That is fire element to our upper torso. Here we have our heart that is providing the warmth to the whole body. Can we feel fire element here? to our lower torso. There's a lot of fire element in the belly, which is a help with digestion. Earth element, water element, and fire element are doing a lot of work in our lower torso. Can we feel that? Just looking for warmth or temperature. but whatever sensations are offered are fine. Moving to our pelvic area, to our hips. I think many of us, particularly our younger relatives have a lot of fire in the pelvic area. What does that feel like? How is that experienced? Fire element to our right thigh. and our knee and our right calf. Fire element to our right foot. Any temperature or warmth. Fire element holding our leg and foot in awareness. fire element to our left thigh fire element and our knee and our left calf temperature warmth just knowing it fire element to our left foot. Thank you, foot. Fire element. Coming back into a whole body awareness. Feeling the warmth, the temperature. fire element internally, fire element externally, all the same. So let's stay within this whole body awareness. If our mind starts to wander, we should go back to scanning. And uh, scanning the body is good samadhi or concentration practice. It really strengthens our mindfulness. And we need a strong mindfulness to see hindrances as they arise. And to say, I see you, aversion. I see you, greed. 
sleepiness, restlessness, doubt. So let's continue our practice and do our body scans for any of the elements to stabilize our samadhi. Or we can remain in an open awareness of our within our whole body awareness of the sensations of the elements as they come to prominence. But staying within the body, the awareness within the body. And when we start thinking, switch our mindfulness frame to that. Is this aversion? Is this greed? Is this an insight? (laughs) 
It's always great to remember the tool of rain when we are struggling. We recognize that our mind is wandering. One of those six animals is pulling the pack. <clears throat> we accept that this is happening. Yeah, that's, I'm being pulled in this direction. We investigate it. Is this, is this a, a sensation of earth? Is it bone grinding against bone? Is that earth against earth? An unpleasant sensation? What is the energetic hit of this? How far does this reach within this body? Is this water or earth or fire? Investigation. And then realize how many of my other relatives in this room are feeling this? This is not personal. This is a common humanity experience. I'm sharing this with all of my relatives in Asia who are meditating right now, or even in the US. Being human is like this. It's not personal. And we can come back to holding our whole body in awareness and seeing what the strongest sensations are and whether they represent, which element they represent. Mindfulness of the body.
<clears throat> and when our mind wanders, we can put a frame around it. What is this animal pulling? Is this desire or aversion or doubt? And then just coming back to body awareness. Being able to decide our actions and thoughts is the protective dimension inherent in mindfulness of the body. If our mind is wandering a lot, we might come back to body scanning just to develop some concentration or samadhi.
And now just remembering our intentions. Any merit that we have generated by doing this meditation, may we quickly become the state of a Buddha to help all beings be free from suffering. So we have a few minutes for any questions anyone might have. Um, you can also ask questions about that brilliant Dharma talk last night. <laughs> or um, for the practice. Yes? I can't hear you. Do we have a mic somewhere? Yeah. I think it's right back here. We're going to bring you a mic in just a second. We really want to hear what you have to say. I think it's in here. Yay, we found it. <laughs> Thank you. This is a very small question. Um, I've heard the term poly word before, but I don't know if that means poly like the... Um, Many? Like polymath <laughs> or polyglot, um, or if it means poly if it's like a language. Probably language, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Poly language, which is, um, I think it's similar to, I, don't, I can't remember whether it's before or after Sanskrit. And it's, uh, I guess, language that the Buddha and all of his relatives ta uh, were, were talking in northern India. Yeah, why don't you tell, say it? It was, it was, it's also the language that the teachings of the Buddha were recorded. So this is a oral tradition and it wasn't until three or 500 years later after the death of the Buddha that the, um, the teachings were written down. And so we know that the original writings of the, the, teachings were in this particular language. So what we're translating from is the Pali, Pali language. <clears throat> um, can you say a little bit more about uh, samadhi versus mindfulness? About the... Samadhi versus mindfulness. Oh, right. For sure. Me, for, for, for me, um, I'm the, working with a very busy mind, and I feel like samadhi is something that's like way out, out of reach right now. Uh, so, but I'm wondering if there is a way to work that in when you're still trying to settle things down. Great question. And I just want to acknowledge that your question creates a lot of self-doubt, it sounds like. You know, that's something to see really clearly. What are these opinions I have of myself and my own practice? Those are hugely great to see. And, you know, um, I, actually the first thing that came to my mind when you asked that was there's a difference between... Um, 
sati and samasati. Sati is just being aware of what's happening. And then samasati is right mindfulness, which means that you have some clarity about what is happening. And, you know, for me, and I think for a lot of people, there's a big difference when things are just arising and we're knowing them and we think that it's us or that things are arising and we're noticing them and we have various degrees of objectivity of what is arising. And samadhi is, you know, I think a lot of us hold it as a very sacred thing, but it really isn't that hard to develop. Uh, Body scanning is a way to strengthen samadhi or concentration. So if you feel like, um, you know, everything that is arising is arising from you, you might want to just um, come closer to doing the body scan and staying with any sensation that's arising. You can do a body scan just for any sensation and then notice, oh, that's an energetic hit, so that's water element, or I can feel myself breathing, that is air element, or, um, you know, you can do it like that, but just staying with scanning the body for whatever sensations are present is a way to build the strength of the awareness. I remember, yeah, I love just to uh, sit within a whole body awareness and then go to where... Uh, the sensations of my body are strongest, and then do some investigation there. Is this water element? Is this um, air element or earth element? You know, just to drop those questions in. And then when, uh, you know, uh, thinking arises, you know, before, should I say this? Okay, I'm going to say it. (laughs) Before I had my hormonal changes as an older adult, Um, I would have so many thoughts about romantic fantasy because when our Vedana or when our feeling tone is neutral, we want something to entertain ourselves, so we start making movies in our head. And um, that thought pattern was so common that I had a a name for it was RF, romantic fantasy. And, you know, it would arise and I say, I see you, romantic fantasy. (laughs) You know, so that's another thing to see is what are the patterns of what we're thinking or wanting to do? I mean, those tell us a lot about what the mental factors are that are strong in our heart-mind as well. And so that's one way to develop some samadhi is to really continue with uh, body scanning. Another is to do some metta or loving-kindness practice. To just say the phrases is also very... Uh, strengthening of uh, the mindfulness. So whatever uh, phrases work for you, may I be safe or protected, may I be happy. You know, when uh, we, were, we were in a graduate school of retreat teacher training together, and I remember sitting in with Jack Cornfield. Did you ever sit in with Jack when he was doing interviews? Yeah. And I was, you know, shocked. He would say, you know, sit down and say, may strong mindfulness arise. You know, you set an intention of what you want to happen, and then you watch it happen. You know, may my scattered mind uh, go away. You know, may samadhi arise. You know, set an intention for that and see how that manifests. Do you have any suggestions for that? Okay. Okay. Does that answer a little bit of it? Yeah. Just go back to anchoring your attention. Wherever the strongest anchor is that you can follow it. For a lot of us, it's the movement of air element here at the belly. You know, every single breath is different. We think they're all the same, so we're just looking at it lightly. Every single breath has like four elements to it. In-breath, stop, out-breath, stop. And each time we have it, they feel different in the belly. You know, maybe uh, getting closer in like that can also develop the samadhi. And then once we have that, we know the samadhi is getting stronger when things that are arise don't seem as personal as they are. You know, they, they seem a bit more objective. Yeah. Excellent question. Thank you for answer, asking that. And we have one over here, or over here and over here. No, well, right here. Oh, yeah. Okay. We have six minutes. 
I'll let you decide, Syra. <laughs> Almost a follow-up question to you, or not almost, a follow-up question. So when you are asking that, is it air, is it earth, is it wind, is it fire? One, what, tell me a little bit more about that. Like how What do it you, feels like? Yes, for you, and then how that connects um, to what may be coming up. Right. So I'm going to put this on the wall, on the bulletin board, on the way up to uh, the walking hall. And this has the characteristics of each of the elements on it. Earth element is hardness, roughness, heaviness, softness, just feeling a density. It could be a soft density too. Smoothness and lightness. Water is flowing and cohesion. So flowing is water. And cohesion, for me, it's kind of like, you know, a soup has a lot of different elements in it, but it's all together, right? A sense of cohesion. Fire is heat and maturing. That's why I like to think of fire in the belly as a part of um, digestion, right? It's just maturing in there. And any temperature in the body is fire. And then wind is supporting and pushing. You know, we can feel the push of the air in the belly or here on the nose. Any of those things are excellent things to anchor in or just to be aware of as we scan the body. But I will put this, um, put this on the board. Has a little teeny bit more explanation, yeah. In some indigenous traditions, typical different elements are connected to different things. Like in the Toltec tradition, the wind is connected to our emotions, to our lungs. Oh, I love that. Um, Fire can be like liver or kidneys or fear, etc. Are there is there any association like that within Buddhism? No, but I love the. <laughs> uh, so you said that's a Toltec tradition. Toltec, yes. Coming yeah, I love Tol it. Lineage. I'm, you know, to be honest, as an indigenous person, I see a huge amount of similarities between this. Yeah, you know, particularly the anatta not self you know, that we are all deeply related. You know, in our tradition, there's only one consciousness, there's only one knowing that we all have. We, uh, you know, it's just that we have different sense doors that it's knowing out of. And that, you know, points to our deep sense of interrelatedness and, yeah. And I love that, that we can bring that in and integrate that. I mean, that's what Western psychology does, right? I mean, psychology is a belief system and an understanding system. And that has gotten very, very deeply woven into mindfulness tradition. So I would say absolutely, please do. If that enriches your um, investigation or your deepens your understanding, that's excellent. Yeah, Share that with... We need to share that with our communities, yeah. We had one over here, yeah. We, uh... I have a practical question. Um, I've noticed that when I do physical exercise during the day, it's easier for me to be mindful in meditation and also I can see how that, you know, if I'm sitting here and I can't focus and my mind is like, oh, if I had like gone on a run this morning or something, maybe I'd be able to focus and that could be greed. Um, but I was wondering your thoughts on that. Like, is that something that it's okay to do mindfully so that I can focus more here or, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, um, I love it that the Buddha said, you know, don't believe what I say. You need to figure this out for yourself. And um, if you feel like taking a run in the morning, you have a mindful run. Absolutely. That's uh, definitely a gift that you can give yourself. That's an expression of self-compassion, right? And of self-care. Absolutely. Water the seeds of your self-care and self-compassion. That's beautiful. I guess I thought like with the walking meditation, you're supposed to walk so slowly, but like you can be mindful with whatever you're doing, right? Right. Actually, a lot of athletes talk about getting into the zone when they're playing sports and things. And I think, you know, what is the zone? 
Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I would say definitely do take your run. It's so beautiful around here. And you just might try at another time doing some slow walking. Uh, let me tell you that uh, there are some insights that people have that are only arise during walking meditation. I was shocked to realize that and actually have some of those insights. So it's interesting just to let go and just feel... You know, I mean, the body balances with every step we take and we don't even know what's happening because it's so quick and we're, you know, so used to it. Probably the same with running. You might discover some new things about running, yeah. Take good care of yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So I think that's a... Does anybody have one that really needs to get answered? Because I think we're out of time. Oh, did you have one? Yeah, so how about we want this last one here? Yeah, thank you. Um, so it feels like one thing when there's a lot of thinking going on and you reroute the thinking back to mindfulness, and it feels like another thing when there's a lot of charge and emotion and your nervous system gets kind of hijacked. Mm hmm like I'm having this experience at night of someone in one of the adjacent rooms snoring and I keep waking up and like having just like bursts of cortisol and adrenaline and wanting to like pound on the wall and, um, and then falling asleep during meditation and feeling frustrated. How would you recommend working with, just be with like the sensations of that or? Yes, the sensations. And, uh, you know, for me, when I'm, uh, in practice, what'll happen is uh, I'll have some thoughts like that or some doubts or whatever. And then as soon as I see this thoughts or the doubts, I'll wince like, ooh, that, I'm not supposed to do this. But the wince is just the next thing that you see, you know? I mean, all of these things are conditioned patterns of knowing uh, in us you know, based on what mental factors are the strongest within our heart, mind, body. And, um, you know, again, according to the Abhidhamma, there's only 52 mental factors. Some of them you have all the time, like Avedana, you know, there's a feeling tone to every single thing that we do. And if we were aware of that, we would, you know, that's really, in fact, that's one of the strongest determinants of what we do in our lives of chasing after what is pleasant and running away from what is unpleasant. So, um, I would say maybe, you know, that question about samadhi or the strength of the mindfulness was excellent because that's one place that we can seek some um, in, insider knowledge or deeper understanding or reflection of what's happening is go back and try to see, and you know, you'll wince when you do it too, just see the wince. Um, try to strengthen the mindfulness so there's a little bit of objectivity of what's arising. Because, you know, we all have mental patterns, you know, egoic clinging to wanting to be this or not wanting to be that. I mean, the Buddha himself, you know, that was one of his most constant things. That's why he talked about it, uh, the ego, quite a bit in his teachings, you know. And... Um, so go back to just doing something more steady, like saying the metta phrases or the compassion phrases or, you know, even doing slow walking and being really in tune to the sensations of lifting, balancing, moving, placing, you know, uh, standing still, lifting, setting, you know, having the intention to lift, to move, uh, balancing and placing, you know, that actually strengthens uh, the objectivity of the sati, samasati, right mindfulness. So I would say go back to, and if, if it's thoughts about you being mean to yourself, go back to, may I love myself just as I am. More thoughts of being mean to the person snoring and keeping me awake. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe if you, oh, so this is a person next to you in your room. Yeah, in the adjacent room. Both on both sides. Rooms that can, I don't know which side. But. You might check in with the managers. We've had less 
yogis because of the craziness of the you know um eastern storms and everything there might be some rooms that you might be able to move to i know in in the past some of the yogis used to sleep in the teacher interview rooms here because they're away from everybody and very quiet that's probably an option for you too if it is so disturbing and there's earplugs in the manager's office for sure yeah i use them I've yeah, just been ear told plugs in previous are great. Vipassanas that like just work with it and don't move, but I will ask them now that you say that. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, we. I mean, you know, please feel free to take care of yourself, but watch for all of the hindrances arising. You know, I mean, because that those are the really very habitual ways we respond to the world. And that's what we're working with. We're doing self-directed neuroplasticity retraining. <laughs> so I've got three quick announcements. Please check the board for the practice meetings. Oh my gosh, they should start right now, right? And uh, please keep your masks up when you're around people. You know, when you're walking in the woods or six feet away from people, outside you can pull your mask down but inside please do keep your ma masks up over your nose if your mask is uncomfortable check with the office they have two or three different types of masks that are supposed to be um more comfortable for people so please do that because it's freaking people out and as some you know as a public health person i could tell you omicron is contagious as heck and then just to let you know outside of the times that we do instructions which are at um 8 30 and 4 45 and of course the dharma talk you are free to meditate in your room outside you know however you want to do it as long as you feel like you really are strengthening those very positive mental qualities and seeing how you know we're all driven by desire and aversion and all that just seeing that and we don't need to think about it or do anything about that you know all we need to do is collect the data and we will have an insight about that and that's what frees us our thinking mind doesn't free us or it probably does maybe in psychotherapy but you know we're working with another knowledge system here that actually has a lot of possibility for freedom does that make sense Thank you all so much for your practice. Even if you're hating it, you are developing excellent karma. Okay. <laughs> Have a wonderful day. Oops.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.